Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Blake Rufino. This is Are You Serious Sports? We hope that you are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. As always, guys, he's always the first one. He's undefeated, kind of like LSU in 2019. The undefeated champ with the first comment. <laughs> Mr. Dylan Landry, what's up, man? Colin Thibodeau, let's do the thing. Yes, sir, we will. Everyone joining the show, we greatly appreciate you. If you're on Facebook, hit the like and hit the share. If you're on if you're on Periscope Twitter, hit the retweet for us and everyone joining us on YouTube. All of you that have subscribed to our YouTube channel at Are You Serious Sports, we appreciate you doing that as well. But guys, we got a good show in store for you tonight. I'm really excited, guys. It's Tell the Truth Monday for the LSU Tigers. What did I see last week? Now, we did the post-game show, but now that we have a t- some time to digress, now that we don't have uh, maybe a little bit of alcohol in the system, what do we need to talk about? What are we going to see moving forward? Also, Coach Keith Miller, who has been very high on TJ Finley, had him the number one pocket passer all of last year, is going to be dro- uh, dropping by on the show at 7.15. I have a lot of questions. I want to talk to him about the great performance that TJ Finley had this past Saturday. We'll talk about that as well. Why I believe LSU is going about to go on a run, y'all. Why LSU can salvage this season and go on the run. And our good friend, Mr. Uh, Mr. Bucknut29, Mr. Josh Rogers, I still got that bet with him. So why do I think LSU might go on a run here as well? Getting to some of the comments, Jamie Fortenberry says, what's up? What's up, my man? Uh, Reg, what's up, man? He says, oh, let's do it. Yes, sir. We got new shoes on the ride. Yes, sir. New quarterback in. I don't have a rhyme there. Anyway, uh, what's good, my friend? Let's get it. What's up, Deron? What's happening tonight? Jamie Fornbear says, Jacoby Stevens needs to move the linebacker. We'll talk about that. We'll definitely, definitely, definitely talk about that tonight. Made it in time tonight. Had another golf tournament this afternoon. We came out 12 out of 27 teams. Shot a 65? What's your handicap? Dylan Landry, or do you even need a handicap? Because listen, if you don't need a handicap, you're about to have an official sponsor from AYS. You're going to be wearing an AYS hat when you're out there golfing. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying. (laughs) What's up, Jordan Taylor says, what's up, Blake? What's happening, Jordan? Over there from Under the Lights, covering some high school football in the state of Louisiana. Listen, Blake McGraw, and we'll get into a little bit of this, but Blake McGraw says Steve Ensminger and Callaway. Hey, guys, let me ask you just a simple question. Just think about this now. Think about it. You, you, everybody said that Joe Brady leaving was going to be a big damn deal. Is it, Joe? I don't know. Jacoby Stevens to middle linebacker, Damone Clark, should be a rush in. Yeah, Vic, I mean, Damone Clark has had his most success when he's coming off the edge. There's no no doubt about that. I'm late, my boy, but what's on the agenda? You can see it right there in the, uh, it looks like, Marvin, you're on uh, Facebook Live. If you just click down, you can see what's on the agenda. We're going to have Coach Keith Miller stopping by in oh, about 10 minutes. Got a lot of questions to ask him. 
Shit, hook your boy up. You know I'll, I'll rep for real. Uh, we know Steve was calling the plays. Come on. Come on. You already know. But, guys, we got to pay some bills before we get started. Always from our good friends over at GM Varndo and Sons. GM Varndo and Sons have faithfully been serving your Denim Springs and Baton Rouge area for over 62 years. With their highly trained technicians, there's absolutely nothing that they can't do, and they definitely want to earn your business. They are ready to assist you with all of your automotive and big rig needs. Check engine lights, drivetrain repair, AC work, big rig overhauls, motorhome chassis, no job. It's too big or too small over at GM. Give them a call today at 225-664-9992. That's 225-664-9992. Follow them on Facebook at Denim Springs Car Care and go see them today. Also, if you're looking for a new vehicle, go see our good friends, uh, our, our good friend, Mr. Woody Clark over at Robinson Brothers Ford Lincoln. 11455 Airline Highway. That's 11455 Airline Highway, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You're literally, guys, I can't, I'm not making this up. Literally, your number one Ford and Lincoln salesman in all of the state of Louisiana. He will get you the into the best vehicle and with the best deal. 225-603-5432. That's 225-603-5432. 225-603-5432. Okay, let's see a couple more of these comments. Let's see. What's up, Juice? We've proven we can develop quarterbacks. Burrow, Brennan, now TJ. Great point. Fantastic point. Listen, we, it's Tell the Truth Monday. Number one, and we'll start from what Juice is saying here. TJ Finley, y'all. In January, I came on AYS and I went on multiple radio shows, Bill King, etc. said TJ Finley. During this time, I said, well, everybody always says, Blake, who's number two? I said, well, you better watch out for T.J. Finley. Not saying that Max Johnson's not competent in everything that he can do, but, man, did you see what transpired on the field on Saturday? Now, T.J. was able to get some success from the simple fact, the simple fact that you were able to run the football. Let me, For all 71 of you right now that's watching the show, let me throw this out there because this has been the sentiment. Blake, the offensive line play better. Huh. Well, you know, the last time you saw LSU, you had a running back go over five yards per carry. You dropped back 53 times and only two sacks, one of them which was on Miles Brennan because he scrambled around and was trying to find an open receiver and should have thrown the ball away. You go to Vanderbilt, you don't give up a sack, and then you have a quarterback in Mississippi State and Miles Brennan who had more time in the pocket than any other quarterback all season, ever. So you mean to tell me that this offensive line is giving you time in the pocket. They've actually had running backs that's run for the ball for over five yards per carry in every single game. You run for 276 yards, but, oh, now the offensive line's played great. Okay. Be careful with that, guys. Be careful before you say this offensive line is Rudy Poo. Be careful. Yes, you can see the new call log or the new call right there, 225-435-9387. And you can follow us up top, right above my big old head on all of our social media platforms. But if you want to call in, we do have Coach Miller going to stop by at, at, at 715. So if you want to call in, get a quick chat, we can do so. Chase Hoyt says, tell the truth, Monday TJ should be starting moving going forward. That's going to be the sentiment. Guys, if he goes into Auburn this week, and we're going to talk about this with Coach Miller. If he goes into Auburn this week and does what he does again, man, I don't know. Bucknut, who is an Ohio State fan, said, Buckeyes developed Burrow. You're welcome. No, they didn't. 
No, they didn't. Get out of here with that. Josh, get out of here. No, you didn't. If you developed them, then what happened in 18? Come on now. At some point, Ohio State fans got to give LSU credit where credit's due. You know I love you, Josh, but man, come on. Dylan said, or Stephen Miller says, Dylan, every medical personnel I've talked to says four to six weeks at least. Yeah, I, I saw Dylan's earlier uh, uh, comment asking about the 25% for Miles Brennan. Man, I don't think he's going this week. I think we'll be at, at lucky for Miles Brennan to go against Bama. That's if we're if, if, that's if he's if he's lucky. All right, we have a phone call. Let's see who is by. All right, you on the line? Or we did? Uh, we thought we did. Guess we didn't. Oh well. Let's see. Stephen Miller says, "Raping Franktown. Look, the man Johnson or Jason." Where's Jason at? Okay, what's up, Jay? Uh, Vic says, people don't want to say it, but TJ Finley's ability to run the ball opened up a lot of things and wait until they, uh, they really opened up the playbook. Vic makes up a great point here because of the simple fact of, listen, it's not me saying this. It's Will Muschamp, who actually can coach pretty damn good defenses, who said this. He said the simple fact that TJ Finley came out and was able to run the football and run RPOs, we don't know if it's a read option, or he's going to hand it into an inside zone, he's going to pull it, or if he's going to throw a quick slant, we didn't send the blitz. They sent two blitzes in the opening drive. Both times they sent a blitz, T.J. Finley let him up. You're not going to get that with a quarterback that's not as mobile. Everybody said T.J. Finley was a statue. Said who? Y'all better get out of here with me. I've been trying to tell y'all for years. Uh, Bears, baby. Man, I'm not calling in at 7.15. Ha, ha. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, we got Coach Coach Miller who's going to be stopping by. That Buckeyes developer is the most Rudy Poo. L- let me stop right there because I don't know if you guys saw my tweet before we came in on the show. No, you want to know what the most Rudy Poo thing is? Maybe that I've seen in a very long time. Going into this Auburn game, and we'll be breaking down Auburn all week. Not sure if you've seen it, but an Auburn player defending a, a, a kick or punt, whatever, touches the ball, hits off of his pinky, Ole Miss recovers the ball in the end zone, and it should have been seven. So in that process, the SEC and SEC officials, or refs at that at this juncture, said, well, Coach, we reviewed it, talking to Lane Kiffin, saying we reviewed it, and there's nothing there. Now the SEC came out and stated that actually we blew the call And, yeah, Coach, you're right. And so they lied to Lane Kiffin on the sidelines. But, in fact, they just fined him $25,000. You want to talk about Rudy Poo? That's Rudy Poo. All right, we got Coach Keith Miller is going to be joining us in just a second. Got so many questions. If you guys want to see the rest of my Tell the Truth Monday, go to our Twitter page, and you can see that. Uh, And we'll go through the list. Two things or three things I want to get in here before we get Coach Miller. Number one, Ty Davis Price and John Emery. Hello? I mean, we've been barking up that tree for how long now? Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Everyone said that this was a a three-man race. No, it ain't. It's a two-man race right now, y'all. Get out of here with that. I'm going to go next to the second topic before we get coaching here. 
you have two true freshmen on defense that are potentially going to be All-Americans and Eli Ricks and B.J. Ojolari. B.J. Ojolari being one of the top guys in the SEC in sacks and Eli Ricks, all he gets is picks, y'all. Four games, three picks. Had a pick six now. Coach O said he had to get on his little guy a little bit saying, hey, you can't throw the deuces up when, when, you're, when you're about to score. You can't do that. Uh... We'll talk about this all week, but number three, the scheme on defense, guys, it can't get more simple than what they're doing right now. I know a lot of this is going on Bo Pelini, but goodness gracious. Hashtag Rick's six, baby, says Stephen Miller. Uh, any news on Sage Ryan? We'll have Mike Scarborough on this week, and we can definitely talk about it. LSU did get another recruit. All right, 7-15, let's go ahead and get Coach Miller in here. But before we do so, guys, as always, I talk to him every day because all you crazy are you Syrians. He, he's helping all of you out. But our good friend, Mr. John Patton. Guys, I've been telling you for months now, with all the recent help from the Federal Reserve, it has forced mortgage rates down to the lowest that they've ever been. Yes, the lowest ever. If you're considering buying a new home, saving money on the mortgage that you have now, or even doing a cash-out refi, the timing has never been better. Get in touch with John Patton today from Area Home Lending. And if you mention AYS, he'll send his team out for a free appraisal. With over 15 years of experience, I know that John will take the best care of you. 225-663-2500. That's 225-663-2500. Tell him Blake Rafino over at AYS sent you. Okay, we had to bring him on again. The man. I mean, he called his shot, and boy, was he right. Coach Miller, what's going on tonight, my man? Hey, Blake. It's it's it's, uh, it's good to be here. Thanks so much for having me. That's number one, and... Uh, you know what? Getting back into town from my trip to Louisiana, and I'm excited to be on the show. So let's get to it. Well, first question I got to ask you, how was your trip to Louisiana? I mean, I know with COVID, you can't do all the tailgating and, you know, the atmosphere isn't like it always was. But how was your trip to Louisiana this Saturday, Coach? You know what? The trip has, has always been good to me. My wife, she loves New Orleans. She couldn't make the trip this time. So I took my my younger son. Uh, or my, my nine-year-old son, Austin, and uh, he loved it. He, he, he got a chance to do everything he's always wanted to do, eat, eat down South food, go to an LSU game. His favorite quarterback started his first football game, and uh, it, it was good to me. Man. The people down South are so nice, and I just really enjoy the Southern hospitality, the food, the energy in the stadium, even though it's socially distanced. It was a great time. I'm, I mean, as a Southern guy and as a Louisiana guy, I can't tell you how much that makes me feel to hear that, that y'all had such a great time. And I saw the picture of y'all, you in the shop with your son. And man, I just, the only thing I wish, coach, was that if there was 100,000 people and you had the Tiger Walk, and I don't know if it's the first time he's been to LSU, but even to have that experience would have just been absolutely amazing. It made, that's what made me fall in love with LSU. Uh, and, and, and guys like TJ, right? What made him yeah. fall in love with LSU? Now, Coach, you called your shot. You said that TJ, in your books, in your eyes, was the number one pocket passer in last last year, coming out. Well, <laughs> he proved you right, Coach. And something, and look, and all the RU Syrians, the 75 of us that's with us, I've been pounding that table too. Let me ask you, just to start off, I know that you saw a lot from TJ and you expected a lot. But is there something that he did Saturday night that even when you sit back and think, Coach, that you're just like, oh, my gosh, wow? Um, you don't know, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I know TJ 
I've known him for the last couple of years, and um, he didn't do anything that shocked me. Um, I know TJ to be exactly who he showed um, Saturday, and, and I think he's more of that than what he showed. There's more left in that tank. So, no, I, I wasn't shocked. I wasn't surprised. I was excited, but not shocked. Well, I, I guess the sentiment here is that everybody was so shocked because not the fact of TJ coach, but the fact that LSU has not been able to really develop a quarterback since Joe Burrow. And now TJ comes in. It's like, Hey, that kid's a freshman. (laughs) No, I mean, I told you coach last time that you came on the show that I had a coach when I was down the sidelines before pregame and TJ was there. It's like, Hey, who's that defensive end LSU recruiting? I said, coach, that's TJ Finley. Right. And so it's just the body, the big arm, let me, let me ask you this, because TJ was very vocal after the game, and he said one thing that stuck with me very, very deeply. He said that Miles Brennan was his biggest cheerleader on the sidelines. As a, as a quarterback coach, how does that, even though Miles is out, how does that help TJ going into the game and that preparation? Now, I know that TJ was in there with Joe Burrow at the end of the last year, but even that confidence from Miles, how, how good is that for a young quarterback? Well, just like in any arena of life, I think that vote of confidence from your adversaries or your, your teammates or your partners or your coworkers, I think that vote of confidence, goes, it goes a long way. I think, number one, it reinforces the team first um, culture that I think is there at LSU. Um, it's been a little bit challenging this year, but I still think that culture is there. And I think, secondly, it, it really breaks away any tension that could be building up in a room that could cause some type of second thoughts. Uh, from the backup quarterback or the guy who's getting the start or the guy who's sitting down because of injury. So in terms of confidence and releasing any types of tension, I think it was great that Miles Brennan was a big supporter or the biggest supporter of TJ Finley. Well, coach, I mean, that was just what TJ had said and it really stuck with me. Now let's get to the game. TJ made all the right reads. His footwork was impeccable, very quiet feet in the pocket. Something that people didn't really talk about a lot. And first off, Coach, and I know I'm not going to say this, but, you know, because you're on here, three-star my ass, okay? Like, three-star my ass. What did you see fundamentally from TJ Saturday night that you just don't see in young quarterbacks? The number one thing stuck out to me was the poise, right? I Mm -hmm. I think TJ played like a – fourth-year junior, fifth-year senior, the poise, not the poise necessarily even on the field during game time, but I saw it in warm-ups, right? I saw him leading the team with the type of poise and confidence of a seasoned vet. Then in the game, you talk about a guy who sat in the pocket and made throws, got out the pocket and made throws, took some hits, ran the football with confidence. I just think that poise and leadership – is what really stood out for me. And I just think that's a special trait that he has and he possesses that a lot of guys do not. And, and you, you talk about him being rated a three-star, and this is where – and I wrote an article about this yesterday. This Very is Very good article, by the way, Coach. Thank you. This is where the average talent evaluator missed. The quarterback position is so much more than how far you can throw a ball or how accurately you can throw it. The leadership and the intangibles – that T.J. Finley brings to the table. I think you saw the residue of that Saturday night. It was a totally different LSU football team. Well, that's where I was going to go next. 
Look, Coach, I'm not sure how much you saw of LSU beforehand, but Saturday night they play with a swagger that I have not seen since Joe Burrow left. Yes. <laughs> what is it? I mean, because, look, I've played on really good teams. I've played on teams that have gone far in the playoffs. I've played on a lot of teams that were really talented that didn't go anywhere. But we never played with that swag. What did TJ get? I mean, you talk about that poise. Was that what carried over and made this team more comfortable and how they were domin- were able to dominate on Saturday? You know, I think that uh, it starts on the practice field. Uh, I am privy to, you know, kind of what's going on on the practice field. I do know for a fact that the LSU players and coaching staff had a lot of confidence in TJ. He's come in during fall camp, looked really, really good. Um, and that's, that hasn't done anything besides, you know, roll over up until the season until he got his first start. And then TJ talked about it to me personally before the game, the week of the game. He's going to bring that swagger back to LSU. He was going to be responsible for it, and he was going to go out there and lead the way a leader is supposed to lead, and he did that. And he didn't just, he didn't just do that. Uh, it was a virtuoso performance for me as a true freshman. If you look at a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who's everybody's number one overall quarterback and number one overall pick that's coming to April's NFL draft, he was 10 for 15, uh, 93 yards, his first game starting as a true freshman. Right. So B.J. Finley – Getting off to a great start is one thing. Got Auburn this week. Let's see if he can replicate and even improve on that performance. Well, this is what the next question, uh, hashtag ask coach. coach. This is from our good friend Stephen Miller. How much has TJ grown as a quarterback since uh, you've seen him since his high school year? Uh, what is he, what's been the biggest development in him, coach? That's a, that's a great question by Stephen. Um, he, he's grown, I, think, I believe, in all aspects. First thing I think is what's important to point out is in the age of holdbacks, TJ is an 18-year-old freshman. Now, <laughs> right. I know freshman quarterbacks right now who are 20 years old, and other uh, recruiting services had them ranked higher than TJ. Well, you got a 20-year-old versus a – or a 19-year-old at the time versus a 17-year-old. Things may look a little different. But in terms of his development since high school, I think the biggest thing is he lost the weight um, that I think was holding him back. When you lose weight – what are you? You're lighter. You're quicker. You're more fluid. So now when you become a passer from the pocket, your feet are set, right? You got more velocity on the ball. You're torquing those hips a little quicker, a little bit more twitchy, right? So I think losing the weight helped him get his balance and get his footwork together, which entail that it helps him deliver a, a better, more accurate, more catchable ball. I, we have one, another question here, but coach, I, I kind of want to push into something here because I, it's just the flow of what's going on. Not just TJ, but the entire LSU game. What's something that you saw? I mean, because the defense again struggled, I guess in your opinion, because look, they can't make it more simple than what they did on defense in my opinion. I mean, you're playing man coverage across the board. What did you see that LSU defensively needs to uh, to fix? Sure. Listen, um, I make no qualms about it. I'm a former defensive coordinator and defensive side of the ball is my specialty. And here's the issue with the LSU defense. Too many guys have their eyes set on the NFL. Not enough guys have their eyes set on playing their responsibility, playing gap integrity football and playing with great discipline. That's the issue. They're losing the edge. Why? Because we got four eyes inside, no eyes outside. 
And that is the issue. They lack the discipline. It's not the scheme, right? Oh, please been coaching defense for 125 <laughs> years, right? right? He has some reason. He's a former, you know, he's a national championship defensive coordinator. The guy can coach defense. What he's having a problem with is getting the guys to do what he's coaching them to do. Mm-hmm. Because so many guys went off to the NFL last year. And those NFL riches, they they say they speak louder than the coach speaks. Mm-hmm. So when you have that, guys start listening to that money, trying to make every play instead of making the play that they're supposed to make. They're trying to make another guy's play, and that's the issue. Coach Keith Miller is our guest. We'll tell you everywhere that you can follow him in just a second. Coach, we have a good question here because it's been all day today. I mean, in Baton Rouge. Alex King says, hashtag ask coach. Why are coaches so hesitant in rotating quarterbacks, especially if one seems more uh, proficient than the first-team QB? Coach, it goes back to that swagger, right, that it just – the offensive line played better. I mean, the the running backs played harder. At this point, if TJ were to go out against Auburn and do exactly what he did, you have – I say a problem. It's not a problem, but what do you do moving forward? I mean, do you stick with a guy in Miles who really didn't do anything wrong, but then here comes the young buck, the young guy that's that's prolific and really doing a lot of great stuff. I guess, what do you do from a coaching aspect? Well, I, I put the scenario in two different ways. If I have an upperclassman uh, playing ball, he gets hurt, and I have an underclassman who's playing ball, and they're playing about equal, I'm going to go with the underclassman, mm-hmm. right? Because the upside is bigger. Now, Miles Brennan was not playing bad football. I want to make sure that that's clear. He wasn't playing bad football. But I don't think he was playing great football either. And, and like I said, the quarterback position is more than just empty stats and numbers. It's about leadership. It's about intangible. It's about galvanizing the squad and the fan base and putting them on your shoulders, right, and leading them to victory. You got four downs from the one-yard line against Missouri. You can't get in the end zone to win the game. I don't blame that all on Miles, but it's up to the leader to get it done. Just Mm -hmm. didn't get it done. Now you fast forward to TJ Finley, first drive of the game, 16 (laughs) plays, 13 runs, three passes, one yard line. What do they do? Put him under center, six foot, six and a half, 242 plus pound, and they pound that thing in the zone. Mm -hmm. It's just as simple as that. I'm going to go with the guy that gives me the best chance to win and has the higher upside. That's what I do as a coach. Well, Coach, it's, you know, football gives us these moments, right, where the last play that or last time we saw LSU, now they didn't play Florida because of some COVID-19 stuff, but the last time we saw LSU, they couldn't punch it in from the one. They couldn't even get a quarterback sneak in. The week before against Vanderbilt, they couldn't get it in. They couldn't even get a half of a yard, much, I mean, inches. TJ comes in, the, the first score that he'll ever have is the simple fact that it's a QB sneak. And... Look, I'm not saying to bench miles. I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of a guy that kind of wants to go with a little bit of the flow in a sense. But Stephen Miller, uh, who always is on our show, a good friend, he said that, look, when TJ scored and he was going up there pumping the crowd up, again, Joe Burrow-esque, he was ready to rip his shirt off, coach. Yeah. And that's another thing that I think just being just not talked around here a lot. Coach, I saw you send a tweet uh, out about Eli Ricks when he had to pick six. A, a California kid, big pick six. He throws up the deuces. Coach, he's coming into his own as well. I know a guy that you probably saw a lot uh, in California. Look, 
first half against Mississippi State, he struggled, but ever since then, he's been really good. What has he been doing that's just been – because you know the physical traits, but he's just always in the right spot at the right time. What have you seen from Eli? I, I've seen a guy who has is, is got his confidence. This is the same kid I saw in high school. I've been watching Eli Ricks since he was in the ninth grade and caught the game-winning touchdown pass as a receiver versus St. John Bosco in an epic freshman football game versus DJ Uniano-LA, who's now the backup quarterback at Clemson. Now, I see the same kid at LSU. The confidence, the juice, the playmaking ability. He's got elite instincts and ball skills. He's not the greatest athlete that's ever played the cornerback position. He's not the fastest kid in the world. But his instincts for the position, his ball skills, and his knack to get his hands on the football are elite. And you will see more of what you saw last game over the next two and a half years. He ain't staying more than three years. I can guarantee you that right <laughs> no, now. He's he ain't not. staying more than three years. This is a bona fide first round draft pick. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I know Stingley was the guy last year. And people thought, you know, no way nobody's going to outdo Stingley the year he had as a freshman. Well, Eli Ricks is on the trajectory to outdo what Stingley did last year. And like you said uh, at the beginning of the show, I think an All-American potential as a true freshman, not a freshman All-American, a college football All-American as a true freshman. Well, coaching two in only 10 games, right? I mean, Stingley did it in 15. I mean, he's on pace to just absolutely shatter that record if they keep throwing. And what are you going to do, coach? I mean, do you throw it at Stingley? I mean, it's kind of like a perfect storm. And that's why you talked about the eye discipline, stuff like that, because you've had really good, really, really good play from your DBs. The LSU defensive line leads the conference in sacks, hurries, tackles for loss, pressures. Coach, I mean, is it just as simple? And I, I hate to ask you it like this, but is it just so as simple as just discipline? It, it, it very much is. Is life as simple as discipline? <laughs> Good point. Question. Good point. It, it really is. Coaching defense, it's about playing team defense. Everybody has a job. And if everybody gets their job done, we can limit and we can contain the offense. But if one guy's not doing his job and off and the ball is in that direction, that thing can pop. Now, it can't just pop for a first down. It can pop for a touchdown. Guys have to get on the same page. They have to trust each other and do what they've been coached to do. Coach, I got so much things I can ask you, but I got a couple more uh, for you. Something that I was a little, not weary of, but something I was anxious to see, going back to TJ, is the connection he had with these receivers. Now, there were some young receivers that he had, and, and, and Kayshawn Booty and Coy Moore, those guys are always throwing to one another. We've seen that in practice. Mm-hmm. But, Coach, the connection he had with Terrace Marshall and Jeray Jenkins were out of this world. I mean, Terrace Marshall at the end of the game said that he turned his head and that ball, he didn't have a choice but to catch it. I mean, it was in his chest. He couldn't have dropped it. What is, how is that so good that TJ was able to have that connection in such a short amount of time? And, and, and is that rare to see from a young guy with a connection from his, uh, I, I just say receivers, but even receivers that are a little bit older than him? You know, I, I don't I don't know how rare it is, but I'll ask you this. You know, Drew Brees, the great Drew Brees, he's got a record with Marquise Colston <laughs> and now has records with Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Now, would you say, hey, 
those are just elite receivers and it's got to be them? Or is it that quarterback who knows how to deliver the football on time and on target to put the receiver in the best position to be successful after the catch? Fantastic point, coach. So that's what I think it is. Listen, I know people may not understand. And, you know, by the grace of God, he gave me a set of eyes that are just different from everybody else's. And and all glory goes to him. But this is who I have known TJ to be. This is what I saw from him in high school. This is why I rated him as my number one pocket passer in the country. Mm -hmm. He has an elite persona about him. He has elite intangible and personal traits. Then the physical makeup is, is a freak show. On top of that, once he got his weight down and his feet got better and he started throwing the ball on balance, I don't know who's going to stop him. That RPO game, he was, listen, it was flawless. He had four incompletions. One was an interception. One Marshall dropped, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one was an overthrow up the sidelines. It's because the receiver got caught up with the DB. Right. He was almost perfect in that game. Well, and Coach, even they talked about today that it was just a miscon. I mean, Coach, you had receivers that were literally from me to the official uh, bourbon whiskey, okay, of AYS. Okay, I mean, somebody ran the wrong route. I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, come on. So let me. That was going to be my last question here. Is really co- what does he improve in? I mean, yes, you talk about some of the incompletions and the miscommunication with the wide receiver that I'm not going to put all. On, on TJ there, I know he took the blame, which, you know, I love as a quarterback. Look, like, look, he took the blame. He's not – he's going to put it all on him. Right. Where does where, – I mean, what did you see that he could improve in, really if – really if anything? Well, I want to go back to him taking the blame. And I remember him pointing to himself after that interception. And now I know that wasn't TJ's fault. He was trying to pull the receiver up because the defensive back bailed out. But TJ took the money. And that's the type of elite characteristics that I'm talking about with the elite intangibles. But in terms of what he can improve on, um, I know he played a great game, but he can play better. Here's how. I think pre-snap, he could be a little bit better um, on third down. I think he can do a little bit better job of trusting his pocket Instead of rolling out or escaping outwards, he can climb that pocket and finish down the football field. I think he can run the ball better by by sinking his hips, driving his shoulder, and falling forward for yards instead of being too tall and too up high like I try to tell my old nine-year-old overgrown son. Um, (laughs) And and those, Those are three things that I think he can improve on. But he played good. I'm looking for him to play better at Auburn, and, and and I've been breaking down Auburn over the last 24 hours. I think he will. There's I, a lot of meat on that bone, and there's a lot of guys going to eat this week. I can tell you that right now. Well, and Coach, they have the second to worst uh, uh, rush defense in all the SEC, yep. and that running game is going to especially help him moving forward. Coach, I got to get to this question because it's a great one, and it was my last one from Jamie Fortenberry. He says, hashtag ask Coach, if TJ's your guy, what do you tell Max Johnson to go? I mean, you don't want him to transfer because then you only have one, two scholarship quarterbacks that are on your roster, and my, one of them's hurt. What do you do right now, Coach? How in that room, how do you manage that? Because, look, TJ's not giving up those reins. If I know him as a kid, he's just not going to give them up. It's going to be right. a cold day, and you know where, before he gives them up. But, yeah. Coach, what do you do? Well, here's the deal. 
this is a free season for every college athlete out there. Mm-hmm. Now, does Matt, does Miles Brennan transfer immediately if if he doesn't get back on the field? I don't think so. I think he transfers after the season. But at the same time, um, let's just let it play out. Mm-hmm. Let's let it play out. I, I think TJ has more to show people. As a matter of fact, I know. I don't think I know he has more to show people. And I, he's chomping at the bit to show what he can do. And I put out a tweet earlier. He could have thrown for 500 yards if they would have allowed him to. They could not stop him and those receivers. And he would he would have lit South Carolina up all night long. <laughs> so, you know, I think we let it play out. But if, if, if I'm a head coach, Ed Ogeron, um, I sit Miles Brennan this week. I allow him to heal up over the break. I reevaluate him. If he's 100%, then guy who has the best week of practice, mm-hmm. right? Guy who has this competition. He always talks about competition. Guy who has the best week of practice gets us a start. So that's how I would approach it if I were him. Uh, but we'll see what happens. We'll, well, we'll see what happens. Well, Coach, that's exactly what he did between TJ and, uh, and Max. And, and right. TJ won that battle. Coach, you've been fantastic as always. Tell everybody where they can catch you on social media and all the great stuff that you guys are doing. Sure, absolutely. You can catch me on Twitter um, at Coach Keith underscore 1K. Um, I run my own scouting service called Recruiting Solution. I service the college market. Um, also developed a off-season football platform called Showcase Football, which you see here behind me. And it's all about guys learning to play the game the right way, staying on their feet and really showing up and making a case for themselves to earn scholarship. I got my first event coming out really soon. You can just find me, Showcase Football on Twitter, uh, Showcase Football on Instagram, Coach Keith Miller on Instagram, uh, Coach Keith underscore 1K on Twitter. I'm out there. Find me. I got a lot of really good stuff I'm putting out. I got a lot of information, knowledge, and experience. And uh, I look forward to being back on the show. Go Tigers. Coach, as always, you've absolutely killed it. I mean, we got some comments up here saying this is absolutely fire. So, Coach, we're going to definitely have you back on. And hopefully, TJ, and we, which we, we will do believe, he'll have a, a, another great game against Auburn. Coach, as always, thank you very much. No doubt. Thank you, Blake. You guys take care. All right. That is Coach Keith Miller. Guys, <laughs> he's legit now. I try to tell you. I try to tell you, look, I'm going to get ripped for this, and it's okay. It's okay. But about T.J. Finley, three-star my ass. Three-star my ass. And then let me just throw this out there to you guys, too. You want to go on radio shows, and you want to write freaking articles about, oh, T.J., oh, my God, T.J., oh, my God, you were so good. Have that same damn energy when you recruit somebody and actually go to a damn game. Throwing that out there. Colin Thibodeau, Auburn's run game, Bo Nix. <laughs> Dog, they're the best. Literally, I mean the best. They're actually the second worst in the SEC in their run defense. Haven't been, you know, I mean, look, Derrick Brown ain't growing up on trees now. Red said fire energy. Dude, I'm telling you, y'all got to go follow Coach on social media. I mean, the article that he put out today was so damn good. So damn good. I mean, it just broke it down. I mean, everything you just heard is the content that he's putting out in all of his stuff. Absolutely amazing. Uh, definitely agree with that. I'm guessing you're talking about the three-star. That's trash. 
Trash. Agree, Steven, that young RB Bigsby going to give us problems. Dude, Bigsby's a beast too. Now, we're going to be breaking down Auburn this week, guys. We'll be breaking them down. But Bigsby, statistically, is the best running back after contact. If LSU's defense with all these struggles, especially with tackling, they're going to have to be disciplined, as Coach just talks about, or they're going to they're gonna get it. They're going to get run over, and they're going to get clapped. Major clapped. Uh, their running back is leading the SEC. Senior- <laughs> mm-hmm. After contact, Seth Williams is a beast wide receiver, but Bo Nix just rare backs and throws it blindly. And hell, Seth Williams still coming down with that beast. Y'all saw that dog had like 17 targets with like five catches. <laughs> Bo just saying, hey, Seth out there somewhere. Yang! <laughs> Have to focus on stopping the uh, Auburn run game this week. Have to. If And, and look, Eli Drinkwitz and Gus Malzahn have a connection. You think that Gus isn't making that phone call saying, hey, what what did you do? What did you see? And how can we run that same thing? It's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, they do have a 300-pound tight end. Uh, 100% says Stephen Miller. Yep. Look, <clears throat> we're going to break this down as the week goes on, but I'm just going to go into this segment now, okay, in reference to this and why I think that LSU is going to be able to go out here and let's continue to break down the South Carolina game moving in to this Auburn game. Guys, Michael Baskerville is a guy that I think I'm going to be talking about a lot this week. When he came in from DeMaul Clark, the defense played a lot better. And when I say a lot better, guys, a lot better. Now, I know that Jacoby Stevens was a little upset at the end of the game when some fans were saying, you know, that he didn't play up to par. But, man, he's not a safety. He's just not a safety. And I'm hoping that LSU finds a way to get young players into a, into the system and into the scheme that fit their skills the best. Okay? With that being said, if they don't do that, especially if they don't do that against an Auburn team, guys, it's going to be a long night. A very, very long night for LSU if they're not able to to have the eye discipline and not bite on the eye candy that Auburn is going to throw out them out there to them. Now, Chad Morris, who is the offensive coordinator, now everyone knows who Chad Morris is, likes to throw the football. But this week, Gus Malzahn is going to have to go to Chad Morris and say, hey, Big Daddy, you've got to run my, 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 my offense this week. MB, I saw you were talking about the false starts earlier in the comments on YouTube. You're right on that. I mean... But what's crazy, MB, is after the first drive, it didn't happen again, which is awesome. Uh, A lot better. One player can make a big difference. Man, especially on defense. Able to to cover guys out of the backfield. Able to tackle in space. Man, he showed a lot uh, 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 this week. Uh, Tiles. Oh, yeah, Jordan Tolles. Jordan Tolles. Tolles can't be worse than Harrison Camp. No, he can't. No. And, and what do you do with Jacoby Stevens, man? I mean, Jacoby just looks like he's confused out there and doesn't want to make a tackle. It's not that he's not athletic. It's not that he's not good. It's just that it, does, it seems as if he just have, doesn't have that want to right now, which we didn't really see a lot last year. D- dude, Jacoby Stevens was coming down with one-handed picks last year. That's because he knew he had a guy like Grant Delpit. He had guys like Christian Fulton and Derek Stingley that can – pick up the slack if he was not able to do so. 
bench him. <laughs> I don't know about benching Jacoby. Maybe just moving him inside. Do you think the the pressure of number seven is getting to Jacoby? No, I don't really buy into that pressure. The Jonathan Giles stuff, I never really bought into. It, look, at the same time, at the same time, I don't think when he's out there, and, you know, on the field, Jacoby's like, oh, well, I wear number seven. I hope this guy doesn't run me over. And Derek, that's not a shot at your comment. I mean, it's a very, it's a very good question, right? Like a very good question, but I don't think so. But that's just me. Uh, Red says, Blake, a lot of players we thought might leave probably will be coming back. Possibly. I mean, you, you're going to tell me Jacoby Stevens couldn't use another year after what he's put on film, Damone Clark, Jabril Cox. And if they do come back, uh-oh. <laughs> All right, now. Uh, on those two jet sweeps, Damone Clark, who's number 18, was unblocked defender and didn't have the speed to get there. Yeah, he's just not a linebacker, guys. I mean, not a a middle linebacker. I mean, they got They need to put that man on the edge. And let me say this, because it's in my in my Tell the Truth Monday top ten. And I want to make this very clear because I know that Bo Pelini and rightfully so should take a little bit of the criticism. But man, being able to get off defenders and be able to have contain. And having 11 guys that actually want to run to the football and play nasty. Guys, defense, you got to play nasty. And both, and both, to his credit, has a lot of energy. I just don't know if he's able to get to this crew right now. It's going to take somebody being vocal on that defensive side that's going to sit back there and say, Hey, dog, hit him in the mouth. Say, bro, hit him in the mouth. Oh, he wants to bring it? Sounds good. So do we. 11 people flying to the football. And until LSU has that, they're going to continue to struggle. No question about it. Uh, Jamie Fortenberry on Facebook Live says, I would like them to move 18 to coming off the edge. I agree. Uh, Derek says, how do you feel about the LSU opt-outs? Seems like a lot of other teams had players opt back in, but not LSU. Yeah, I think that you even saw Kerry Vincent kind of mention that he misses playing at LSU. I think that he might have if he maybe wouldn't have gotten a uh, an agent. So, I, I look, Tyler Shelvin's a Popeye's biscuit away from being 400 pounds, y'all. Trust me on that. M- maybe not even a Popeye's biscuit. So, there goes that. Look, here's what I think, and I'm going to preface this as we go along the week. Now, I know we have Tropical Storm. Look, we already got to Z now. Tropical Storm, Zeta, Beta, Ukrata, whatever it's called. Uh, so we might not be able to do the show every day this week. Um, man, every time we come into a Monday, I always sit here, I'm going to break down the Saints. I'm just going to start breaking the Saints down on Tuesday, y'all. <laughs> we never have time to get to it. Um, I want to be careful here. Let's get to some comments, and I'll see if we'll get to it. One more from me, Matthew Langlois, who LSU picked up safety today is nasty and flies the ball. Yeah, Vic, the only thing that scares me about him is that he plays really low competition at a private school. What happens when he comes to the SEC? It's a big leap in competition. A big leap. 
Uh, personnel switches may have one of, may have won us another game. O has to put the young bucks in over seniors. I mean, is is Jordan Tolles is that bad right now? I mean, look, I love Todd Harris. I think he's a great guy. But at some point, you got to switch it up. James Washington says Popeye's biscuits are dry AF. <laughs> they are that. Hey. Can, can anybody on this show right now eat three Popeye's biscuits with without drinking water and survive? I think not. Whoever got in Shelvin's ear gave that kid bad advice, in my opinion. Full disclosure, I don't know Shelvin's whole situation. I don't know so much as if people got in Shelvin's ear more than Shelvin didn't want to go out there and practice. I think that's a Tyler Shelvin thing. T.S. tried to come back. He did a little, but he could have. Oh, said he could have, and we reported that. Blake, you're right with the eye, right to the eye. It seems like effort was lacking first few games. It's still lacking on defense at times, y'all. Still lacking, and it's a damn shame. Oh, here we go. There he is, Ryan Mayer. Your gate is back this week, ball. He said, I've been said all that. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, we're going to go ahead and call it. We will see you again tomorrow night. We will probably get into some more LSU and some Saints and into some LSU recruiting. But, guys, until then, my name is Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports. Y'all have a good night. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.